see how this goes. Oh, this will be interesting. Scott. Good old Scott. The man, Scott. All right, can I? I cannot. Lovely. JWP, Lauren. Who's Lauren? I don't recognize you, Lauren. How are you? Guys, give me give me two seconds because I decided to overachieve and I streamed several other places simultaneously. So I just want to see that it's working. And then we will roll. And this light is so in my face. It's extremely annoying. Yeah, let's do that. That's much better. Interesting. All right, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right, tonight we, we've got a hot one. Unfortunately, the, the man, the myth, and the legend, Mr. Ghost, will not be with us this evening. He had more important things to attend to. Actually, I'm not being sarcastic. He had more important things to attend to. So he is he is rightfully not with us this evening. It is a loss. Everybody should mourn this loss. But we'll be good. And we're going to make it happen. <laughs> Get that out of my ears. Lauren, where are you from? I, I don't recognize you. And I feel like I recognize everybody. Because this is a small group. It's, it's the joy of having a small group, is that I recognize everybody. All right, we're going to wait a few minutes. We're going to wait a few minutes. Lilith, good to see you. The floof has arrived. Everybody's here. Everybody's here. So the topic tonight, the topic is, let me get my own voice out of my ears before we have a catastrophe. Okay, the topic is how culture is invading the church. Or is culture invading the church? It's a question. It's not a statement. At least for now. It's a question and not a statement. TikTok, you need to go to YouTube or Twitter or Rumble. But get off to YouTube. It's it's those other places as well. So go to those other places. So the first, Graves is here. Dude, you're not driving home. You're usually driving home. It is a loss. Yeah, not having ghosts is a loss. However, this is going to be part one of two. And next week, we're going to do the same topic, different aspects, different context overall. Uh, and Ghost will be here next week. So we'll, we'll basically introduce the topic today. We'll roll on it a little bit. And then Ghost will be here to talk massive crap next week, as he does. Now, he doesn't. He's actually very respectful. Sometimes I wish he would fly off the handle a little bit more. He's a very civilized fellow, that man. I so so the first I have a question. I have a question. Do, do we think that culture is invading the church? Is it is it even happening, or is this something that the 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 red pill Christians, the super traditional Christians, just just think is happening? Is this a figment of our imagination that the church is being invaded 
by culture. And I guess let me explain that a little bit more. Yeah, his opinions are great. How could you not like his opinions? And then he, he, he goes off into places that nobody ever thought of before. And he brings those thoughts to us and forces everybody else to think them. And it's a very positive thing. It's a very positive experience. What I mean by this topic is there is a thought that the church is not what it used to be. And a good example of this is, say, in the 80s, the 70s, and the 90s, church was fire and brimstone, where, for the most part, people really believed that if you didn't do something you were supposed to do, you would be going to hell. And, and this was shoved at you. If I don't know how old everybody is here, but if, if you're in your 30s or close or older than 30, then you do know what I'm talking about. If you were in church, everything was kind of a threat. Everything was, if you don't, you will go to hell. That it was very behavioral based. Grace was talked about, but it was definitely on the lower end of what was being talked about. And then come in the, the early 2000s into the 2000 teens, we start this movement within Christianity of everything is grace. And now it's really not at all contingent on your behavior. So it, it basically flipped upside down. We went from behavioral heavy to grace heavy. And, and this is a normal thing within culture, just in general, outside of Christianity. What happens in culture all throughout history is we, we start on one end of the spectrum societally about some kind of belief or ideal or ideology, and then it gets pushed back against so hard that it flips to the total other end of the spectrum. And we, we leave the middle completely untouched. Nobody lives in the middle. We're either crazy on one side or crazy on the other side. So the belief from many Christians, uh, in my understanding, is that we're now flipped to the total polar opposite side. So we went from fire and brimstone, everyone's going to hell, your parents threatening you with hell, to now, it doesn't really matter what you do, all you need to do is believe in Jesus, and that's it. That's all. Salvation is earned, your behavior, eh, doesn't really matter. You can kind of do whatever you want, you can kind of behave however you want. You're good, you're in the clear, you're solid, no worries. What has kind of been exasperated over the past three-ish, maybe five years, is this movement into what is being called by these people and by the world is progressive Christianity. And timing-wise, we touched on this briefly, uh, was it last week or the week before, when we talked about who Jesus is. Wh who is Jesus? What is his character? What is he into? How did he behave? How did he act? And then we kind of did a juxtaposition of who Jesus is compared to God of the Old Testament, God the Father, because they, they behaved in very different ways. They interacted with humanity in very different ways. All of that jazz. So where we land is, is this belief that now we are on the massive progressive side of Christianity, where it's grace alone. Nothing else really matters. You can kind of behave however you want. We'll still call out sin, but like, it's okay. It's okay. You can, you know, you, you want to live in sin. That's okay. You believe in Jesus. It's all about grace. Everything's fine. No worries. That's where we believe that we are. Many people believe that's where we are. But I, I want to ask you guys first, if you see that, do you see that in culture? Do you, are you seeing this in the church? Are, are you seeing the progressiveness? And I'm not talking about political. This is, this is purely religious. Within the religious culture of Christianity, inside of churches, 
predominantly the physical buildings, but also in online spaces, you know, Christian TikTok, Christian Instagram, you, you get inside this algorithm where that's all you see. Are you seeing this progressive side of Christianity where everything is about grace and where parts of culture are beginning to slowly seep into the church building? I'm, I'm curious if you see it or not. So you can just say yes or no, but I, I want to kind of get a grasp on that first because that'll, that'll change the conversation to a degree. I remember reading the small flip book about going to hell scared me when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's what it was. That's heavily predominantly what it was for the longest time is it was fear. We, we motivated people religiously by fear. That was the nineties. That was the eighties. That was the seventies. Now, two thousands, we motivate people by love, but are we in the middle where we should be? Or have we kind of gone to the total other end where that's all that matters? And what you do doesn't really matter. Man, that's pretty split. No, yes, yes, and no. Oh, Scott says yes and no. So Scott believes we're kind of in the middle. That's interesting. It's very interesting. All right, so we're going to start with this. What What is progressive Christianity? And I want to read this directly from people who believe in progressive Christianity. So this is not, this is not a... This is not the people who are against it talking about it. This is the people who are in it talking about it. And what it says, make it bigger. There you go. What is progressive Christianity? The origin of progressive Christianity. In keeping with our reformed and reforming identity, we have embraced a movement, was a part of a larger movement called the Emerging Church. At the heart of these movements was the desire to articulate a way of being Christian that was an alternative to the Christian faith portrayed in the public realm. The leaders of progressive Christianity had grown weary of defining their Christian faith in negative terms. So that, that's in reference to what it used to be, which, it, which used to be very neg it used to be very negative. It was we motivated by negativity. We didn't motivate by positivity. We are, this is a quote, we aren't fundamentalists. We don't believe the Bible is inerrant or infallible word of God. Read that again, because that, that needs to be very clear to you. We don't believe the Bible is the inerrant or infallible word of God. They don't believe that. Give me one second. Okay, so the Bible is not inerrant. The Bible is not infallible meaning they do not believe that it is perfect. We don't agree that creationism should replace the science of evolution in public schools. They do not believe that creationism, which is the biblical story of what creation is and how it started, how we got here, they don't believe that that is what should be taught over evolution in public schools. They believe evolution should be taught and creationism should not be taught. We don't believe that God hates gays. I, I, the way they word that, in my opinion, is kind of manip manipulative. Most Christians don't believe God hates gays. I've never actually met a Christian who believes God hates gays. I've never heard anybody say that ever. I've heard them say other things. I've never heard them say that. So in my opinion, that's kind of manipulative. We don't believe that people of other faiths are going to hell unless they convert to Christianity. Wait, what? We don't believe that people of other faiths are going to hell 
unless they convert to Christianity. That makes no sense to me. So if they convert to Christianity, they are going to hell. Am I reading that wrong? Am I interpreting that wrong? We don't believe that people of other faiths are going to hell unless they can. That makes no sense at all. We don't deny the rights of women to choose what happens to their bodies. What does that mean? It means they believe in, in abortion. They, they agree with abortion. They are not against abortion. Biblical foundation. The Bible is read at every one of our progressive Christian worship services and the foundation of our beliefs, faith, and values. The Bible that they do not believe is infallible and they do not believe is inerrant. Which, uh, let's be honest, I say the same thing. I say the same thing. There's full transparency. I've said it a million times. Progressive Christians' beliefs are rooted in Jesus. We believe in the Trinity, God the Creator, Jesus the Christ, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that Jesus' commandment to love one another as I have loved you is foundational. We are more comfortable acting on our faith than talking about it. I actually like that a lot. St. Francis of Assisi's wisdom, preach the gospel always and when necessary, use words. Meaning, uh, preach the gospel by what you do. Don't preach the gospel using your, your voice. Which, I mean, it's dramatic, right? Obviously, preach with your voice too, but it's, it's to make a point. Resonates deeply, that quote, resonates deeply. We believe that Christian faith, the, that Christian faith is a journey, not a destination. We think of ourselves as work in progress Christians. We believe that God's will and way were revealed in Jesus of Nazareth. We believe that the historical Jesus, the Jewish rabbi carpenter who lived in ancient Palestine, became the Christ as his followers encountered him in their midst after his earthly death. The Holy Spirit awakened them to the power of Jesus' presence in their midst. Jesus came alive when they trusted that his love, guidance, support, comfort, and challenge remained with them even though his physical body did not. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection provided the inspiration and challenge for us to live as followers of Jesus today. I'm going to continue, but give me one second. Things seem to be a little too soft. Does that make sense? Yes, that does make sense. And I do agree with you. Things are a little bit too soft. Yeah, it is confusing. Made it. Yo, Nat, thank God. Thank God. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you on a night like tonight. Ghost. Historically, manipulative language is one of the most effective weapons in war. Yes. 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 Ghost, if you end up watching this later, if there's anything you want to make note of that you feel like I brushed over or I didn't touch on enough, definitely do that. Because we I already told everybody we're going to come back and do this again next week. So all is well. All is well. So continuing on, our progressive beliefs. Number one, the Christian faith is founded on three primary calls we see through Jesus to love God, to love our neighbor and to love ourselves. No problem there. The Christian faith is our way of being faithful to God but it is not the only way. Interesting, so let's read it again. The Christian faith is our way of being faithful to God, but it is not the only way. And you'll find that this is a theme. Specifically next week, we're gonna go into a few pastors and spiritual leaders who really push this message that Jesus is not the only way to God and that the God of the Bible is not the only way to God, which as some of this has already shown, does not make sense. Christianity is the truth for us, but is not the only truth. What does that mean? And it correlates to something they said earlier. And it correlates to what I just said. The God of Christianity, whether that be Jesus or God the Father, 
is not the only God. It is not the only God. Christianity is not the only way to God. Meaning, in most cases, in my understanding, Islam, permissible. Judaism, minus Christ, because they don't believe he's the Messiah, permissible. And other fringe religions as well, permissible. There are ways to God within this ideology. The principle stems from the reality of the 21st century. We share our lives with people who are Muslim, Jewish, Hindu, and Buddhist. We experience these people as loving and caring by following their religious traditions. To deny that is to deny that God can only draw people with one way. That simply isn't born out in our experience. So quickly, very quickly, if you don't like follow me on social media, uh, last week or the week before, I posted something that I pulled from Twitter uh, comparing Judaism to Christianity to Buddhism to Hinduism. And this is why. Because this progressive Christianity, there's a big push that all of them are permissible. And they say what they just said. To deny that, that, that there is only one way to God, is to deny that God can only draw people with one way. What is the, it's not even an insinuation. What are they flat out saying? You can belong to really any religion. You can follow any religion and you can get to the same God, which in, in about 2% of that, I agree with, but it's, it's 2% and it's very specific. Theirs is very broad. They actually believe that every religion is permissible to follow when, if you actually understand any of these religions at all. It's, it's not possible. You can't make them logically make sense because they contradict one another. What one tells you to do to get to God, the other will tell you takes you away from God. It's just an example. There's no way to actually make that cohesive. What we talk about sometimes is that perhaps some of the major older religions like the ones hit here, Judaism, Muslim, or uh, Islam, Hinduism, and Buddhism, that they all share many similar aspects meaning that there's a potential possibility that it's different demographics trying to understand the same concept of God. However, once you actually get into them, the differences are severe, which, which we've learned many when we, when we went through Islam versus Christianity. We, we've learned some. When we, when we went through reincarnation, which, which is a Buddhist and, Hindu, uh, and a Hindu belief, there are dramatic differences that you cannot reconcile. So at, at some point, you have to pick a side, so to speak. The power of the Christian faith to transform lives does not require it to be exclusively true. Ugh. The power of the Christian faith to transform lives does not require it to be exclusively true. Exclusivity is born out of fear. The fear that there is one train to God, and if you aren't on the right train, you'll go to hell. We believe there are many trains, and God welcomes them all. And this, this makes sense, at least with the fact that they put absolutely no weight in the Bible. Because if you put any weight in the Bible, that makes no sense at all. None. Zero. Absolute zero. All right, let me look at the chat because Ghost is here. Just poking in for a few minutes. From listening to you read, it seems like a fluid Christianity. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's fluid. It's fluid. And what, what, is, what, is, what is our culture right now? It's fluid. Whatever people feel is permissible. Whatever is, is moral is permissible. Whatever is moral is fluid. And, and whatever is moral 
is based on whatever the current cultural acceptance is. What is culture accepting? Well, now that's morality. And then when that changes in three years, well, now that's morality. The issue with that is that makes morality absolutely subjective, which is is a precursor to a societal collapse. That doesn't work. Even outside of religion, take God out of it completely. If morality cannot be agreed upon by the people who are a part of the uh, uh, of the people who are a part of the society, the society cannot sustain itself. So even with God completely out of the picture, society cannot function that way. So then when you add religion into it, it's just kind of asinine. Number three, love of God involves all aspects of life, not just human life. Care of the earth and its ecosystem is an expression of Christian faith and stewardship. The principle stems from our our ever-widening understanding of climate change. This is starting to sound political, no? And influence influence our carbon footprint has on the quality of the air, water, and soil. Science and religious faith are friends. Each informs the other. Wisdom and insight from both are essential for Christian faith. Not at all, actually. They're not. Not at all. They're not. But this makes sense with what they said about creationism not being taught in school and instead keeping evolution in school. So they're they're cohesive in their logical fallacies. You, you got to give them at least that. If I had to add anything, I think the big picture take on all of this would be it's not just the church being infiltrated. It's every institution of society, both private and public, every industry. Yeah, it's it's our society that's being invaded. But you would think that the church would be one safe place. It would be one safe zone during the infiltration. It would be a safe harbor where people could go when culture is falling apart and be around people who are not allowing culture to affect that space. To to use a very cringe term, the church should be a safe space where, where culture does not influence it. And the problem is it's begun to influence it and relatively heavily. Spiritual war is the battle over institutions and the most important institutions they're trying to infiltrate is the human mind. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Oh, Graves was driving. Yeah, that's that's what it is. I mean, you you have to decay the mind before you can do anything else. It's, It's step one. But I mean, think of everything they've already won. The institutions, the the educational institutions are completely taken. They're gone. They're 100% gone. There is a, that's a slippery slope. It makes me think of all the uproar about Roe versus Wade. Regardless of your opinion on the matter, it's a big deal to amend the foundation of our constitution. Same with religion. Just changing what is and isn't, okay, based on cultural pressure needs to be a very strongly considered and could go in bad direction if not regulated yeah i mean and that's i mean that's what we're seeing right and at least within this progressive christianity they they are in they're in favor of that they're in favor of it and they're they're really the ones who are are promoting it they're the ones who are pushing it more than anybody else oh that was meant for floof you and Mikkel have similar p profile picture profile picture oh i'm becoming more cultured by the day All right, number four, love of neighbor means extending kindness and care. 
that I'm sure we agree on, right? Further love uh, to those in our family and in our local global communities. Further love of neighbor includes affirmation of the LGBTQ community, immigrants, people of other faith traditions, and even those who are enemies. So here's the thing. The, the further you get into it, if you notice, the, the more you scroll down the page, the more political it gets. And, and no matter how much you want to stay away from the politics of this, it's not allowed. They, they do not allow it because it is what's driving this entire thing. So what has happened big picture is they did this in culture first because at first the church was like, yeah, hell no, we're not going to have any part of this whatsoever. We, we are not going to promote this. We are not going to allow it. It is not going to be any part of our institutions here. But the social pressure, as someone mentioned in there, I think it was Nat, the social pressure became so great after the schools were taken, after the government institutions were taken, and then after the private sector was taken, that the churches were not, they were not too far behind. And they started to welcome this too, because they started to receive so much social pressure. And that's all it took. And it seemed to be denomination to denomination, if you pay attention and we'll go through some of it. It was one denomination finally broke and bent the knee to culture, and then another, and then another, and then another. And now it's honestly, it's a, it's a pretty decent list of Christian denominations that have now bought into this. And the reason, in my opinion, has nothing to do with them actually believing it. It's because of just solely social pressure. They do not want to be the ones who are left out. They do not we don't want to be the ones who are called intolerant. And so they adopt this. Number five, love of self means engaging in spiritual disciplines. Worship, prayer, music, study, the Bible, and other literature feeds the mind, heart, and spirit. Love of self also includes giving time for rest, recreation, nurturing, friendship, a healthy diet, and physical exercise. Love of self requires humility and humor. No problem there. We're going to call it for that one. And then this real quick is actually pretty interesting and much more detailed. Mine is written is mine is William James. Who's William James? Uh, Mikel and Ghost are, are both the best. If that's what that argument is that's happening. You cannot compare the two. They, they provide totally separate and totally savage qualities to what happens here and around here. Anime dog with the biscuit. That's not an anime dog with the biscuit. Is this a meme that I'm not aware of? I, I was feeling cultured because I understood the, the PFP profile picture, right? Right. But now I don't understand the scale and how it's supposed to be an anime dog. So now I'm back to feeling completely uncultured. It's funny how that works. There are churches that are far gone, others that are opening the door and others that are not bothered. Was talking about Floof's profile picture. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. She does have an anime dog. I'm with you. I got it. Uh, yeah, Scott. I, I mean, I agree entirely. Yes. But it's becoming more and more. So I'll tell you, when I moved to where I live now, which was in 2018, 17, the very end of 17, I moved where I am, which I assume most of you know where I live. Um, when I moved here, it was maybe... Got it. Of all the churches of this specific denomination that it's the Methodist church, I'll name them. It's the Methodist church of all the churches here where I live in 2017 that were Methodist. 
I'd say maybe 10 to 15% of them had rainbow flags up and, and all the, all the affirming signs outside and whatnot, which is, uh, it's their right. It's their, whatever, whatever. The point is now it's easily 80% of them because I still live here and my job has me driving all the time, all over the state from literally the top to the bottom of the state. So I see these churches everywhere. And it went from a very, very small number of them where when you saw the rainbow flags and the the affirmation signs and stuff, you'd be like, oh, what the heck? Whoa. And now it's like, oh, that's a Methodist church. I know what denomination that is. It's a Methodist church. And now, too, it's other denominations as well. It's several, several more have picked up this. They've bent the knee and they've begun to promote this as well. So now they are covered in rainbows instead of being covered in really anything else. So now you immediately know the number one thing that they care about as a Christian church is the LGBTQ thing, which if you want to promote that and accept it, fine. But if as a religious organization, that becomes like the primary thing you want people to know about you, there's something sick about that. And it's not because anything is wrong with LGBTQ. Even if you feel that way, that's not the problem. The problem is that it's become their God. Jesus is in the backseat, God is in the backseat, and the LGBTQ promotion and acceptance and inclusion, that is now the primary focus of these specific denominations, which is wrong. LGBTQ stuff aside, replacing God is wrong. These are beliefs of the progressive Christianity. You have atonement. Often progressive Christians will refer to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, listen to this, as horrific or unnecessary. Jesus dying on the cross is unnecessary to progressive Christianity. The idea that God the Father would require the blood sacrifice of his son is perceived to be an indictment on God's character, turning him into a divine abuser. This is sometimes referred to as cosmic child abuse. Scott, your link got hung up by YouTube, so there it is. I think there's a difference between loving and affirming. You can love without affirming. I can love you and support you without saying your life is the way Jesus wants to live. Yo, Derek FNP, I don't know who you are. It's lovely to see you here and you're 100% right. In my opinion, you're 100% right. I agree with that absolutely and entirely. There is a massive difference between loving someone, uh, showing grace to somebody, giving that to someone, and affirming or accepting someone's behavior. There's a massive difference. An example that people use a lot is like having a family member or a kid or something who has a drug problem. You can love that kid, and I'm not comparing LGBTQ to drug addicts, just to be clear. The principle of being able to do one thing while not doing the other. You can love someone who's who's doing behaviors that are not permitted within a specific principle value group without accepting the behavior. You can love the person and, and not accept the behavior. You don't have to accept the behavior. The problem is the social pressure has become so, so strong that we've been pushed into accepting it. And Christians have have simply got down on their knee and said, Daddy, yes, please. Thank you. Thank you very much. Instead of standing firm and saying, look, we love you. We'll, We'll show you compassion. You can be here. You can be a part of this. We will extend that to you. But we don't have to accept the way you choose to live. Because the ironic thing about it is progressive Christians do not accept traditional Christians. 
If you, you know, if you call yourself that. So let's take a, a traditional Christian. Let's take an Orthodox Christian. Very traditional. Like very, very traditional compared to current Christianity and modernity. So you have an Orthodox Christian on one side and you have a progressive Christian on the other side. The Orthodox Christian is societally pressured to not just love the progressive Christian, but to accept their behavior, to accept what they believe. They're expected to do that. The traditional Christian, the Orthodox Christian. On the other side, the progressive Christian in no way feels they have to accept the Orthodox beliefs because it does not align with their progressive beliefs. So whoever wants to lean towards traditionalism in, in religion, specifically in a Christian context, they are forced societally to accept what they don't believe, what they don't agree with. But the progressive Christian does, is not societally pressured to accept what the traditional Christian believes. So it's a one-way street. And this is the same thing outside of Christianity, in my personal opinion, and culture. I believe that I am seeing the same thing, where one group of people who doesn't agree with the other group's behavior is societally forced or pressured to accept it anyways, while they are not forced to accept the traditional beliefs or the traditional behavior. It's a one-way street, and there's a massive problem with that. In every possible way, that is a problem. Space daddy abuse, good God. But that's wild. So, so, so Jesus dying on the cross is a horrific and unnecessary event. And the fact that God made that happen is an indictment on God's character and is literally being called cosmic child abuse. So to, to say what Scott said a minute ago, yes, it's soft. We've become soft. Next, biblical authority or inspiration. In the progressive church, the Bible is viewed more like an ancient spiritual travel journal than the inspired, inerrant, and authoritative word of God. The biblical writers are viewed as well-meaning ancient people who were doing their best to understand God in the times and places in which they lived, but they were not necessarily speaking for God. Scripture is also seen as contradictory, not internally coherent, and not authoritative for Christians. And so one thing that I get sometimes is that how can people in the midst, in the middle, not think this is weird? Where have we seen this before? Yeah, good point. Good point. And we're going to see it more places and more places. And it's become more prevalent and more prevalent. And the pressure is going to become greater and greater. We're in an odd time right now, though, where the pushback is strong, which is great. It's a very positive thing. There's massive pushback on this. So we need to take some kind of solace in that. But it's still very problematic. It's extremely problematic. But on, on biblical authority and inspiration, I get this thrown at me a lot because you guys who have been here, you, you know that I often say, I don't believe the Bible is inerrant. I don't. Because I, I, I think it's ignorant to think so. And that's not, not a hit on anybody at all, genuinely. But the Bible has had things taken out. We, I've talked about it so much. It's had things taken out. Things have been put in. It's been altered. There are biases, depending on translation. We just, we don't have the exact, we don't have the exact Bible that, that was written in, in, the, in, the, in the beginning. We just don't. That's reality. As much as we don't want to accept that, that's fine. But that, that doesn't make it not reality. Where I differ from this dramatically is the rest of it. I don't believe they were just well-meaning ancient people who were doing their best to understand God in the times and places in which they lived. 
I don't believe that they were not necessarily speaking for God. I do believe they were. I do believe it is inspired. I, I believe I believe that the Bible was written by God through people, 100%. I just also believe that throughout history, people not inspired by God have destroyed it. They've altered it. They've changed it. They've pulled things out of it. They've redacted things. It says nothing about the inspiration. They also said scripture is also seen as contradictory. That I, there are contradictions in the Bible to some degree, to the degree that is pushed by progressivism and that is pushed by atheism. I don't agree with because they take it too far, but there are certain things in the Bible that you could say aren't contradictions, but don't quite, they're not quite cohesive. And it, and it takes a little bit of work to try to make them make sense. That's true. You can think of Genesis. There's a very obvious example in Genesis, but there are others also. They, they exist. But I do believe it's, it's coherent in its totality. It's coherent in its principles. It's coherent in its values. It's coherent in, its, in what it's actually trying to teach you. It is coherent. I also do believe that it is absolutely authoritative for Christians. If you're going to call yourself a Christian, I do believe that you do have to see the Bible as authoritative. That doesn't mean that some things weren't moved around. That doesn't mean that some people who made translations didn't have a personal bias and maybe maybe shuffled some things, but it is authoritative. I believe I do believe that. I wonder if they use soy crackers and kombucha for communion. <laughs> Kombucha's good, man. It's got all that probiotic, right? How about this? Kombucha has live organisms in it, doesn't it? I think it does. So maybe that is their version of transubstantiation. It's it's the live organisms of Jesus in their kombucha for their communion. It's pretty good, Ghost. It was pretty good. The deity of Jesus. Certainly not all progressive Christians will deny Jesus' deity, but this doctrine tends to be downplayed. Very true. The concept of cosmic Christ is sometimes presented as our ultimate goal. That Jesus is a model, an example of someone who was christened as both human and divine. And we can follow his example by finding the divine within ourselves. And this is a key thing that you need to understand about this progressive Christianity and culture being shifted into the church. Is that there is a general belief within this kind of denomination, if you want to call it that, and into this ideology. That Christ was divine, but we are also just as divine. We just aren't in touch with it the way that Christ was. So in a way, they're saying that we, we are on the same level or we have the potential to be on the same level as Jesus Christ. In my opinion, this immediately disqualifies you from calling yourself a Christian. Because again, based off the Bible, which of, of course they had to tear apart in order to put any of this out there, that doesn't align. That doesn't make sense. We are not God because the Bible is full of examples of how not only is it not okay to try to be God, consider Satan, there are, but there's dozens of other examples of people who were killed because of a similar thought. You are not God. You cannot be God. God is something entirely different from humanity. And Jesus Christ was also equivalent to God, but just took human form for specific reasons and purposes. They don't believe that. They, they believe that Jesus was divine, and they believe that you are divine, or at least that you have the potential to be divine. That's, that's a pretty heavy difference. 
It's not something to brush over. The physical resurrection of Jesus. Again, not every progressive denies the physical resurrection, but the idea that Jesus was bodily raised back to life is often de deemed less important or significant than the meaning we can draw from the idea of the resurrection. So there is. There's a, there's a big push within the progressive Christian sphere that Jesus did not come back from the dead, which again would make basically most of the New Testament completely worthless. All, all complete lies because the, the vast majority of the New Testament is it's fundamentally based on the concept that Jesus died and then came back to life. So if you if you don't adhere to that, you you in essence, you don't adhere to the New Testament. The virgin birth in the progressive church, the virgin birth and other miraculous events can be downplayed, ignored or little or like the resurrection viewed as less important than the life lesson we can learn from them. So what they do, and, it, and we've touched on it already, is they, they basically take the Bible and they've turned it into a, a guide to life only where they're just stories. They're not, they, they didn't actually literally happen. They're just stories to express principles, which in some cases perhaps is true to a degree. The issue is they take fundamental parts of Christianity and they say that those are just stories. The virgin birth is a fundamental part of Christianity. The resurrection is a fundamental part of Christianity. Original sin is a fundamental part of Christianity. It's a massive part of Christianity. The doctrine of original sin is roundly rejected in progressive Christianity with the idea of original blessing put in its place. Progressive Christians don't typically deny that sin exists or that it is a bad thing, but they often deny the idea that we have some sort of sin nature that was passed down from Adam and Eve. Instead, progressive Christians often teach that sin isn't what separates us from God, but our own self-imposed shame. Sin is not the separation from God. It is our own self-imposed shame. In the progressive view, it's often taught that we simply need to realize that we were never separated in the first place, that we were beloved and accepted by God just as we are. Now tie that to the fact that we are essentially gods in and of ourselves. We have the potential to be divinity. Interesting thoughts. The Trinity, we're going to skip the sinlessness of Jesus. You probably won't find many progressive Christians who outright declare that Jesus was a sinner. However, Jesus's humanity tends to be emphasized. For example, in Matthew 15, Jesus tells the woman, it is not good to take children's bread and throw it to the dogs. This is viewed as this is viewed as Jesus is having ra racial biases that were recognized and corrected during this exchange. Sorry, my eyes are gone. Give me one second. Let me make this bigger. All right, so we talked about this too when we talked about Jesus. We talked about his character. Uh, I showed you guys that Medium article where a woman really portrayed Jesus as, as kind of a, a radical progressive individual. And th this aligns with that. So it is not good to take children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And actually, we read this verse. This is viewed as Jesus is having radical racial biases that were not that were recognized and corrected during this exchange, which we talked about. We talked about the fact that this verse has nothing to do with racism. It has nothing to do with races at all. 
at all. And actually, Ghost came in and, and, and gave us a very good explanation of what the verse was actually about. Makes you wonder. Wait, what? Oh, I missed some stuff. Kombucha is nasty. Kombucha is all right. It's not bad. Yo, I love kombucha and drink it every day. I love your bacteria theory. Yeah, I I actually like kombucha. It's not bad. It's not bad. And I have been indoctrinated to believe that it's very good for my gut. Okay, so don't take that away from me. I agree, Nat. I don't like kombucha. I'm disappointed. And you <laughs> never tasted it. I mean, it doesn't taste particularly delicious. If if you're like a soda drinker or something, it's it's not like. It's not a super tasty drink, but like I don't know. I think it's good. Make sure you wonder how many times these renovations. God, my eyes are going. Yeah, renovations. Before war have taken place in the past. Yeah, that's a good point. Because that's why I think this is happening 10 to 15 years before a big war. Do you really think it's going to be that long? Like from now, you believe it's going to be 10 to 15 years? I think we're way closer than that, honestly. As much as it pains me to say that. Bro James McCoy says, uh-oh. Ghost said to establish their truth before they erase all other stories when they win the war. Yeah, that's we talked about that too. I think I was maybe on Saturday I was talking about it. I'm scared for, for the generation 50 years from now, 100 years from now, because I know what our Bible is now compared to some of the original manuscripts we have. I know because I've spent so much time looking at them. I can't even imagine what the Bible is going to look like in 50 to 100 years. I can't even imagine. It's going to be radically changed. Radically. I've told you guys before, they're already rewriting the Bible. Like not translating it again. Not a different translation. It's being rewritten to include things like equity, inclusion, diversity. It's including progressive ideology. Which regardless of your political beliefs, I don't care. We're not talking about politics. We're talking about a religion. They're already rewriting the Bible. That's terrifying. Hey everyone, wish I could have made it in on time. Yeah, James, it would have been nice to have you. But this topic we're going to do again next week. So whatever you missed, you know, catch up later on two times speed and then be here next week. We're going to go over all this again. Because we're... I'm, I'm not going to be able to get through half of even what I have. No, I think they started around 2010. Okay, there you go. Then I'm with you. Yeah. Some would argue 2012. Yeah, I can tell you guys a funny story about 2012 in Discord later. Uh, Jesus robes will be rainbow covered. God, dude, that's so depressing. So depressing. We need to take back the rainbow. Can we all agree on that? Can we, can we like all get together and reappropriate the rainbow? It was ours. And I, I we've talked about it. I don't care if you want to be LGBTQ. Don't care. I don't care if you want to be gay. My best, my the majority of like close friends of mine throughout my entire life, the majority are gay. I don't care. But the rainbow was ours. It was ours. I want the rainbow back. Just saying. We can share it. But we need to take it back. They took the rainbow. God doesn't hate gays, but it looks... Dude, I hate YouTube chat. I can't see half of it. God doesn't hate gays, but it looks like Christians do. Do they, though? That's what I was saying. Like, I have never met a Christian who is like, I hate gay people. I I'm sure they exist. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm absolutely sure they exist. 
but I, I've been around a lot of Christians, like in and out formal settings. I've never met a Christian who's like, God, I just hate the gays. I've never heard that. Maybe I've just been around really open-minded Christians and they don't support, they don't support it. They just don't hate them. I've never heard any Christian say, I hate gays. Affirmations is the next part. And I actually might skip some of this so we can get some of the juicy stuff. Uh, it's short. It's short. After this, guys, I think we're going to go straight into a video that is going to hopefully make you kind of sick to your stomach. And then, and then we'll see what we have time for. So we're just going to finish this one. LGBTQ relationships and marriage. One of the hallmarks of progressive Christianity is the shift on issues of sexuality and gender. There is an almost universal acceptance of same-sex relationships and marriage, a belief in the validity of transgenderism, and a rejection of cisgender norms. Which again, there's no way to make that make sense if the Bible is your reference point. If culture is your reference point, then you can make that make sense. So this is just further proof that for progressive Christianity, there's no objective reference point. And this is, I talk all the time, we talk about this. Morality, what is right and what is wrong? You have to have an objective reference point or everyone will eventually die. We've seen this. It's happened a whole bunch of times throughout history. There needs to be an objective reference point outside of someone's opinion, outside of what society has collectively decided. You need that. You need that for a society to function well. You need that. Progressive Christianity relies on cultural norms. Progressive Christianity relies on subjective morality, on what feels good. What do I want? What are what are my desires? It's in all, in all honesty, progressive Christianity is connected to morality that is functioning based off of in many cases, sexual gratification. If you really break it down, a lot of it boils down to sexual gratification. And in most scenarios, it's outside of a union, meaning it's sin. So the majority of progressive Christianity, their reference point for morality is actually sin, which in my opinion is demonic. That can't be run by anything other than demons. If sin has become your new God, if sin has become your new reference point for morality, you are being led by demons. I don't see any way around that. You might disagree. I don't see any way around that. Nat, I agree. Christians should not hate anybody. You shouldn't. A handful of Catholics have said that. I'll always speak up against that BS. Jesus wouldn't hate anyone. No, Jesus would not. And we talked about that. Jesus would not, just like with the woman. Jesus would, in a way, save them. He would comfort them. He would love them. He would. He would, but he would not accept their behavior. He would. He would extend exactly what they need to be right, and then he would tell them what was wrong, and you need to fix it. But he would never hate them. That would never happen. Based on the data that we have about who Jesus Christ was, that would never happen. Well, that's a way to introduce a video. <laughs> yeah, I hope it makes you sick to your stomach. Followers of Jesus don't, but Christians can. It's a buffet. Bro, James McCoy. Go said Jesus hated concepts. Yeah, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. Jesus hated sin. Jesus hated the concept of certain things. Jesus never hated the individual. 
He can hate the behavior. He cannot hate the individual. Our Rami in 50 years, I don't believe our world will have another 50 years. Jesus is coming back soon. Our Rami, it's good to see you. I don't, I don't recognize you, so I assume you just wandered in here. It's good to have you, and I, I agree with you. I'm with you on that. And 50 years will be the jury in court, in my opinion. Yeah, I do not disagree. All right, running back through, running back through. Universalism, universal reconciliation. The primary view of heaven and hell in the progressive church is universalism, which is the idea that no one will be punished in hell, and everyone will eventually be saved and restored to right relationship with God. Some progressive Christians will still say that Jesus is the only way, but believe he will save everyone. I did a video about this a long time ago, about Christian universalism, which is actually kind of a denomination in and of itself. It's like Protestantism. And, and they do. They believe this is a very, 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 very baseline example of it or explanation of it. But they, they believe that everybody will eventually be saved. Is, there are different sects of universalists, but the I'd say the majority of, of Christian universalism is their teaching is that hell or heaven doesn't matter. Everybody will eventually end up in heaven. So it doesn't matter if, you know, you, you believe you go to shield first or you go to hell, you go straight to hell. Eventually every person, every soul will end up in heaven. The gospel of social justice and critical theory. Good God, the progressive Christianity in progressive Christianity, the gospel is not seen primarily as the good news of God saving sinners and reconciling them to himself. Instead, social justice issues become the heart of the gospel message and what one does being viewed as more important than what one believes. Often, the secular framework of critical theory is embraced where the world is viewed through the lens of oppressed versus oppressor. That's culture. We're, we're seeing this everywhere. I don't think I need to explain anything else. Pluralism, religious pluralism is the idea that all roads lead to God. We've already talked about this. And no one religion holds the ultimate truth when it comes to who God is and how he reveals himself to the world. Therefore, you don't need to be Christian. You know, being a Christian is optional. You can be Buddhist. You can be a, a Hindu. You can be Jewish, which, which also says, what about Jesus? That he, he was irrelevant. That this belief... Religious pluralism, without saying it, says that Jesus is irrelevant. What Jesus did on the cross is irrelevant. Everyone's fine without it. It didn't need to happen. And as we read above, actually, that was God being a child abuser, which is wild. This is wild. The inconsistencies are wild. Pantheism. Here we go. As stated above, many many progressive Christians affirm pantheism or panentheism. Another view that is promoted in the progressive church is perennialism. The idea that although different religions look different on the outside, their core, they share the same truth. In other words, they share the same source and come from the same ultimate divine reality. This divine reality can be discovered through mysticism, and contemplative practices. So this is very similar to pluralism. It's essentially the same concept. All right, give me two seconds. I'm going to get this video for us. And then we'll we'll see what we have time for. All right, I do want to give a quick little warning here, okay? Uh, I'm sure most people would not let their kids watch this because sometimes I fly off the handle. But if, if you have a kid around, 
Please remove them from the area. Gently, gently, not like God, who is a child abuser. If you could just gently and lovingly remove your children from the area. If you're watching this later, please don't have kids around. The The problem is the, the video is full of kids, but I don't I don't believe they should be around. So this is your warning. I'm going to wait another couple seconds. And uh, you've been warned. You've been warned, my friends. Get the volume up here for us to have a fun time. And get that off. All right. Our Rami. Yeah, my first time catching you live. That's awesome. Well, it's lovely to have you. And if you're not in the Discord, you should definitely join the Discord. Then you will know when all the lives are. We do three a week. Three a week. Jared Andrews. Just watching, watching in the background. Jared, don't be shy, my friend. Don't be shy. It is a great time for you to be here. It's about to get wild. I apologize in advance about the imagery. I love you. I would never show you this, but I didn't feel like I had to. All right, so this is drag queens can now be seen in church. This is from a year ago. And actually, when I, I started doing YouTube again after years of not doing it at all, this is one of the first things I did because I saw it and lost my mind. So we're going to take a look at this. And then we're all going to hold hands and, and comfort each other and make each other feel like the whole world isn't going to burn. I'm sorry, but her name is Britta Filter. Like, at least, can we, strippers at least, like, they were kind of names. Like, they weren't usually. They weren't usually. Some definitely were. But they weren't usually inanimate objects. And at least it was like, like candy. Like candy. Or sparkle. It was something kind of fun. I guess in drag, which is just a stripper that is acting like the opposite sex, I guess... You, you choose boring objects, like a, a Brita filter. I don't know. Loving creator, holy one, and diva of the world. Okay, quick question. Do you or do you not find that disrespectful? If, if you heard somebody addressing God, so let's say they're not dressed like that. Let's say it's not a drag queen. If, if a pastor called God diva at the pulpit while, while engaging in pastoral ministry, would that be disrespectful, yes or no? calling God a diva because sometimes I feel like maybe maybe I'm too traditional and maybe I need to loosen up and lighten up a bit I don't think I do but is calling God diva is it disrespectful yes or no may your word shine upon us like glitter under the stage lights 
May it pop like Angela, a good to see you. In a crowded, dingy basement. We confess that we have demanded too much from the earth. We confess to, to the sins of racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, ableism, fatphobia, American imperialism, and Christian supremacy. What? We confess that sometimes we forget that all life is connected. We want to make sure that everyone knows that all are welcome here. Pride isn't a place, it's a feeling of being proud. The pride flag represents being proud of who you are. We fly to show pride and support of our LGBTQ friends. Let's start with gay. Someone who's Angela. I'm <laughs> with you, girl. Them. Like a man who's attracted to a man, or a lady who's attracted to a lady. Here it is. <laughs> I am thrilled beyond thrilled to be presenting to you local drag legends. Good stuff right next week i'll have the rest of it that if if that bothered you if that bothered you in any way if that made you feel any sort of way i will tell you that the the other video that i have that i i did like a recorded video a year ago on youtube you can find it the the quality's trash because i just started doing youtube again but joey good to see you um but the video I'm going to show you next week is truly disturbing. It's in church still. It is a different level of disrespect. Uh, call it sacrilegious. And in my opinion, it's bad. It's, there's no good intentions to this. In no way do I believe these are people. Because I guess let's talk about this. I would have no problem, ghost, good God. I would have no problem, and I never have. With I actually on Instagram, I have a handful of, of of gay guys who I talk to regularly. They've they've been DMing me for literally years on and off because I, I don't judge. I don't care. And when we talk about, you know, is it sin? Is, is it not sin? What what is the placement in the church? Should you not be in the church? We have very open and like totally loving conversations. I just talked to him again, I think yesterday or the day before. I have no issue with homosexuality, LGBTQ, any of that stuff being even in the church. I genuinely do not. But there is a line that there is a line for a lot of different reasons. But one, it's it's not the place for that. It's not because as Nat said, drag was meant to be ridiculous and borderline inappropriate. Drag for the longest time was at night in nightclubs and it was a joke. In a way, it was a joke. These men did not think they were women. These men were not trying to get children to put dollar bills in their panties. It was, 
if you talk to a, somebody who actually does drag and thankfully a bunch of people who do drag have come out and done interviews, they're like, yeah, this is disgusting. It's a joke. Drag is a joke. We, we dress up. It's, it's, it's humor. We're doing this to make people laugh. Like we're having a fun time. This is, this is a comedy event. And sure, there were probably some people who took it serious, but it's, it's the minority, not the majority. Beyond that though, the church is not the place for that. Just like the church is not a place for me to wear gym clothes to. I'm not going to go to church in a tank top. And some people do, and that's fine. But my opinion is, I don't think I as a man should go to church in a tank top, gym shorts, and some nasty ass socks. I don't believe that. And I know a lot of people do that. And I'm, I'm not hating. This is my personal opinion about me. Me. I don't do that. Because personally, I find that disrespectful. The church, if you're going to go to a physical church, it should be a place that is revered. It should be a place you have respect. It doesn't mean you can't wear a short sleeve shirt and it doesn't mean you can't wear like nice shorts. But I'm saying there, there is a time and a place to wear certain things. Better example, I, I go to job sites a lot. I get disgusting. Kat and I sometimes do jobs that are, are, I don't know how to say it, that have bodily fluids everywhere. Like we create, we clean up crime scenes sometimes. Um, we do biohazard work because- just because we do. So when we do that, after I do a biohazard job with Kat, I'm not going to take her to church because we are not dressed for it. It's inappropriate. It's disrespectful. So there is a time and a place to be a certain way and to dress a certain way. And then there's a time and a place to not. And, and the church is a place of where you should be showing respect. You should be giving respect to God, as well as to the other people who are there to give respect to God. It's just not the place for it. At the very lowest end of it, it's just not the place for drag. Drag is a club event. The other bit, obviously, and the bit that really got people kind of hot about this whole topic is it's not for kids. Drag, period, is not for kids, period. It never was. It never will be because it is meant to be inappropriate. That's its intention is to be comedically inappropriate. Redacted. Kat, you redacted one of your comments? How is drag bringing anyone closer to God? Great question. They're not. So actually, go back to my, my, my point before I went on the tangent is this. I don't believe they have good intentions. I, as somebody who doesn't care if you're gay, I don't care if you're LGBTQ, if you're honestly those things, if that's actually who you are, I'm 100% cool with you. I'm also 100% cool with you being in the church. I'm not cool with you being in the church with the dog mask and BDSM gear. I'm not cool with that. Just like I'm not cool with me wearing biohazard clothes. It's no different. It's not the time or the place for it. But I'm totally fine with homosexuals and with LGBTQ people being in the church. If it's genuine. If you're like, I may be sexually inclined towards this, but I genuinely want to learn about God. I genuinely feel spiritually driven to understand and get educated about Christianity. I would be like, hell yeah, come on in. The problem is they're coming on in and they're changing Christianity, which is what we've read for the past hour. They're not coming in and saying, hey, let me learn about Christianity. I'm here to learn, teach me. They're coming in and saying, you are wrong. This is hate. We, we believe this, this, and this. So you need to change your church. You need to adopt our cultural ideology. 
There's a massive difference. One I am totally accepting of in terms of them being in the church to learn about God, not accepting of the behavior, but accepting of them being in the physical church and being around, like I'll sit and talk to anybody, no problem. If they want to learn and they have good intentions, I will not entertain and I will not accept in any way whatsoever a group of people, gay or, or what, anything, who are coming in with bad intentions. They're coming in to change what is, what is Christianity, what is the church, what is our culture. There's, there's a dividing line there that should be wildly, wildly visible to everybody. And the problem is they came in and put so much pressure on these weak-ass pastors and these weak-ass churches that the church has bent the knee. And now this is what you have. Now you have drag queens literally stripping inside of the church with children sitting on the floor watching. It's a bar too far. There needs to be a line. I feel that... I feel, Angela said, I feel this just confuses children more. 100%. But is that not the point? Let's be honest. Is everything that's happening sexually within our culture, is it not intended to confuse children? Is that not the purpose of it? It's absolutely the purpose of it. Did they try to out dollars in the panties in church? Yes. In some of the other videos, yes. There are videos online that you can find if you search hard enough for them where 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 older children, but children all the same, are inside of a church and they are literally giving dollar bills to drag queens. There are stripping events happening in the church. But let's uh, let's dole it down. Let's say the drag queens are dressed like okay, like they're covered and they're not taking clothes off. Is it still okay or is it okay in that scenario for children to come up and give a dollar bill to a dancer? In your opinion, is that okay inside a church? I would still argue it doesn't, the stripping is beside the point. What are they doing to the children's mind? In what scenario in life do you take dollar bills and put them inside the clothing of a woman? Is there any other scenario at all other than stripping? There's not. Spoiler alert, there's not. So what are they doing? They're indoctrinating children. What is the favorite word? They're grooming children. Children are being groomed to be, they're being sexualized at a young age so that as they get older, they are already in that frame of mind. And it's being done relatively intelligently. But if you get kids that young, if you get kids at a young age and say sexuality is normal, anything goes, BDSM, teach them at eight years old. Talking about words that I don't want to say because just in case kids do watch this later, talking about sexual toys and things like this and certain sexual acts at eight years old. Yeah, this is okay. They're normalizing it. They're normalizing sexual inclinations and, and degenerate ones at that as young as possible. So that as the kids grow, it's just normal to them. So when they see porn, that's normal. Most people, if you, if you did not, if you never watched porn and your parents never like talked to you about totally degenerate sexual stuff and the schools didn't talk to you about degenerate sexual stuff. And one day you went to Pornhub and you flipped a random video on, I would bet you'd be kind of disgusted 
Because if you have no experience with, with, with that type of sexual content, and then all of a sudden you have porn in front of you, you will be like, what the fuck am I looking at? What is this? I'll tell you in full transparency, I've had issues with porn in the past. And, and there were times that as an adult, I'd go to these sites and I'd see videos and I'd be like, holy shit, what is this? This is degenerate. This is disgusting. So they're doing it as young as possible. So by the time the kid is 18, 20, 25, anything goes. There are no limits. There are no lines. Everything is permissible. Nat said Alex. Oh, Alex, dude, it's been a long time. A bit behind on the live, but Brita filter removes the bacteria from the kombucha. Dude, yes, it's great to see you. It's been a long time, my friend. Alex does fit right in. Alex has been along. Alex has been around for years. Years. Cat, I'm working. Nat said, Cat, I'm working on it in the new year, trying to get away from the same old moo-moos. A moo-moo is like a, like a shirt, right? I don't know. I don't know. I'm so uncultured. You guys always make me look so stupid. I swear to God. Cat leader, do it. Nat, I hate when I wear... All right, I'm not going to read these. I'm going to just feel dumb. Graves, uh, I dress like clean way of a punk rocker. Yeah, which I think is totally fine. I think that's totally fine. I don't see any problem with that whatsoever. Let's get that bigger. There we go. Angela, yes, you there to learn about God, not make you accept gay and et cetera. Yeah, it's just not the place. It's not the place. And that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything other than that. It's just not the place. Go said Alex tied the entire thread together. Genius. Yeah, Alex, smart dude. Floof. There was drama in my church and I had gone to I had my church I had gone to because a woman was dressed provocative on Facebook. Interesting. I would I would actually be interested to talk about that. We're going to talk about modesty within the next couple of months for sure. Uh, several people are very excited about this. And I, I am too, because in that situation, Floofer, I would be very curious to know what the, what the picture was, whether they were just being super overbearing or whether, you know, perhaps she shouldn't have been dressed that way. And I mean, you might hate me that I say that, but I, I do, I, I, I'm a big believer in modesty. I am. I'm so sorry. I'll never judge anybody like severely, but I have very firm beliefs on modesty, but mine go both ways. I believe the same thing for men. Men should dress modestly. Women should dress modestly. I, it's not just towards women. Ghost, have a lovely night if you're not already gone. I'm, I'm glad you, you were here at least for a bit. Charlotte, I'm late, but it's two in the nighttime. Charlotte, where are you from? Because I, I listened to some of the video you sent me on Instagram. And your, your accent sounds uh, Eastern European. Nat, uh, you're absolutely correct, Joe. Again, drag is an over-the-top and joking representation of the stereotype sexual women. It isn't for the kids, plain and simple, 100%. Absolutely. Lilith said, technically, they are telling kids drag behavior is okay. Yeah, but it's more than that. Like That's what they want you to think, in my opinion, is that they're trying to tell kids that drag is okay. I think that's not what they're trying to tell kids. I think they're trying to tell kids that sexualizing everybody is okay. That sexual and over sexualized culture is okay. 
I don't honestly, personally, I don't think any of it has anything to do with drag at all. I think drag is the Trojan horse and a sexualized society is what's hidden inside the Trojan horse. I think drag is irrelevant. It's just the Trojan horse. In, in my opinion, Kat said, it's literally grooming. Some of us know firsthand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nat said, Joe, that was kind of my experience. I was traumatized. I was traumatized, very sheltered kid, got out into the world for two seconds, retreated back into my sheltered hole. Yeah, and I get that. And kids go either way, right? Sheltered kids go either way, but they go hard either way. Sheltered kids either go way away from the shelter and get super lost, or sheltered kids go out and see the world and are like, yeah, hell no, I'm going to hang out here in the bunker. Thank you. Please close that latch to the bunker. Charlotte, I think it's horrible and parents need to just say no, uh, like they did commercial on when I was a teenager to drugs. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I agree. I'm so happy I made it. Just woke up. Happy New Year and blessings all around. Yes, yeah, Charlotte, it's good to have you. Rodriguez. Oh, I was an usher at church and Playboy Playmate walked in inappropriately. Are you serious? That's wild. That's wild. How do people look at her? I'm curious. The, the Playboy Playmate walking into church inappropriately. How was that perceived by the congregation? I'm very curious. I got to know. Charlotte, Norway. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Angela, it's 1417 by me Friday. Oh, man, you guys are on crazy time zones. I try to catch this live. Sometimes I miss it. Sorry. No, don't say sorry, man. God, it's yeah, that's that's hard. I totally get that. I totally get that. Hey, guys, real quick. Remember to uh, Saturday night is on Saturday night culture and news. I think I'm going to push it back, actually. So please, please, please pay attention. It might not be at six o'clock. We might push it back a, a little bit, like seven or seven thirty. But I'll make an announcement and I'll tag everybody who signed up for alerts in discord. So just please be aware of that. If you come on at six and it's not already going, then no, we pushed it back. So check Discord in the events tab. And let's do that real quick, actually, since there's some newer people here. So anybody who is new or maybe you've been around, but you're not in the Discord with us, I highly recommend you get in the Discord. Uh, Rodriguez, I'm going to pull you in, but just give me one second to go through the, the boring Discord stuff. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're new or whatever, you're, you're not in Discord, join, join Discord. There is a link in the description of the video. There's also a link on like TikTok and on Instagram. You can find it anywhere that I have stuff. There's a Discord link. Click the link. It's totally free. It'll always be free. Nobody's ever going to ask you for money. You come in here. And then the most important part, if you don't use it for anything else, use it to keep track of the live events. You can come in Discord. You don't have to do anything else. Come hit events. And then you'll see these. So the event that we're in right now is gone because we're in it right now. So the next you'll see Saturday at 6 p.m. But like I said, we might push that back. This is news and culture. That'll say the same YouTube channel, everything. And then Sunday at 6 p.m. We do a live Bible study. And these are every week. So Thursday, Saturday and Sunday, we're doing live streams every week. But Discord is where you need to be. If you want updates on that, I'll post announcements in here and tag you guys in them so you know what's going on. This is also where you vote for the Thursday topic, what we're doing today. I didn't pick it. Everybody voted for it. Seven votes. How the church is being invaded by culture. That's how Thursday's topics are picked. 
And then Saturday is news and culture. If you come across any news articles, if you find social media videos, YouTube videos of anything that has to do with culture or has to do with crazy news or something that would just be interesting for us to read, you can come down to streams and lives here. And then you can just come into the news and culture section and then just pick the proper date. And then you'll see people will post things in here that they want brought up on the live. So anything that's dropped in here, we will go over during that live stream on Saturday. And then Sunday is just a Bible study, a regular Bible study. I can get, okay, yeah, uh, Rodriguez, you're good whenever. If you're ready. Yeah, can you guys hear me? Uh, let me double check. Yeah, you're good, you're good. Okay. Um, yeah, about the, the Playboy. So the, the issue was this, the church that I was an usher at was also like a school. So the playmate's mom was also working at the school and her, and the playmate was actually an alumni of the school of the Christian school. Whoa. Um, yeah. Oh my yeah. Gosh. So, wow. um, yeah. And, um, so I guess because of that, she was also friends with, you know, other alumni. One of the alumni was also the head pastor's daughter. So they were, you know, friends. Jeez. Well, I guess they used to be. Yeah, I know. Because they went to high school together. And I didn't mean to. I wasn't trying to be rude. I'm just, just whatever I'm thinking or feeling, you're going to, you're going to see it all over me. So <laughs> as soon as she turned the corner and, you know, you go to hand uh, church bulletin, I just like my jaw just dropped and I just stood there and I wasn't trying to be rude, but I was just kind of like, <laughs> no, this is not real. But she basically was wearing like a, like a bra with like a little like jean jacket over it. And I think like a what? short skirt or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You see, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Oh my gosh. Right. Right. And um, her mom sits in like, the back row of the church um it's not a super big church it's also not super small either and um you know she just kind of goes and sits in the back so i also got talked to by the head pastor's daughter who was also a good friend of mine too and i'm like hey and she's like well she does sit in the back and i'm like i i, I don't even know what to say to that that's wild um, and i'm like she was like, she hasn't done anything like too over the top. But to me, I, I, uh, that is too over the top. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, and like, I feel like if I wasn't so shocked, I may have maybe, I don't know if I would have asked her to leave, but I was just in so much shock. Like this is not happening. Um, and I will say not too many people noticed it because she does sit in the back. But at the same time, you know, um, like I remember God, I also <laughs> I also worked, um, I think, at a hospital at the time. And I had mentioned something to a patient before about like, oh, you should come visit our church, you know, because it was like Easter or Christmas no. or something. And then the patient goes, oh, I know that church. That's where the Playboy's bunny goes, right? And what? I was like, dude, oh bitch. my gosh, that's wild. Did, yeah. Was it, was it like a one-off or was that like somewhat common in Vegas? <laughs> it sounds like it would be hot. Huh? No, that was like a one-off, but the okay. problem is, is this 
this Playboy pl- playmate, um, I guess, was on a reality show. It's her and another girl. So maybe someone else uh, knows what I'm talking about. Hopefully none of you know what I'm talking about. But so she was kind of a little bit more famous. Wow. And, she had a, and she had a kid who also went to the school with my kids. But, um, oh, yeah, there was, like, I remember something happened where, like, my one of my kids was, like, sexually harassed, you know, verbally at school. And that lady, the mom, tried to calm my kid down. And I almost went off on her. And I'm like, dude, you're a Playboy's mom. You should <laughs> not be talking to my kid. You know, and normally I'm not that much of a jerk, guys. But, like, don't minimize that shit. You know, your moral compass is so, you know, not even on the map. Like, oh, my God. I was, oh, my God. I was so livid. That's um, crazy. <laughs> Jeez. And, well, no, I won't say any more. But, yeah. Yeah. I didn't like it. It made me uncomfortable. Um, some of the ushers like came up like next to me afterwards, like, it's okay. It's okay. You know, like we got it. (laughs) And that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, so that's like the same thing is like, I personally, personally, I no issue with playboy bunnies being all up in the church, bring them all load that bitch up with playboy bunnies, but like dress respectfully. That's it. You know what? Actually, this is not a one-time thing, okay? Because we have a couple prop, uh, popular ones here in Vegas. Like, I'm sure some of you have heard of, like, Hookers for Jesus. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. Uh, but, and there's some other organizations. So there was also another church where the church was affiliated with that specific ministry. And unfortunately, the they just looked like hookers. They didn't look like for Jesus anything. So they would come in provocatively. Not as much as the Playboy playmate but they would still come in inappropriately and i do remember the pastor was constantly preaching sermons on modesty um and i think the wife would actually try to talk to them privately um i think eventually they may have like left or something and went to like another church to partner up with but i do know it was somewhat addressed as you know nicely as possible yeah sure Um, i mean that's good that's good but That's, it wasn't that it wasn't that extreme like like the playmate. It was more like, you know, super tight, whatever, yeah. somewhat low cut, you know, but That's so funny. That's it. I mean, it's interesting. It's a that's a good example. It's a great example of of, of what could be in my in my opinion. It could be okay if it was just done like respectfully. Just be respectful about it. Well, no, because then look at what happened with my kid, right? That, that's a different Where, story, though. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you well, don't no, need to be a playboy. This is how it infiltrates your society, right? Because obviously her mom has a different mindset. You're putting that in a Christian environment, like school, church, be whatever it is. So then when someone comes up to you and has been, you know, felt violated in some way, it's minimized. Why? Because you are already okay with sexualization being around anyway. So that's kind of how it just... You know, no, 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 but but sexualization needs to be pulled first. That's what I'm saying. Playboy, Playboy bunnies, porn stars. In my in my opinion, you can disagree. No, no problem. I'm cool with them all up in the church. In fact, I think that's where they should be because we should be influencing them. But on the caveat of they cannot bring the sexualization into the church, so they need to be dressed respectfully and they need to speak to people respectfully and not sexualized. There's there's a line, and that's kind of what like we've been going off on this whole night is is it can be in my opinion it can be okay or it cannot be okay 
But if they're going to come into our culture, if people of a different culture are going to come into our culture ideologically, they need to adhere to our ideology and our culture. You can't come in because that's exactly I totally agree is what they're doing is they're coming in. They're bringing their culture in and they're specifically saying to us in our culture, your culture as Christians is shit. You guys need to change this and this and, and this and, and we need to accept this and this. Like, no, you come into our space. You expect you accept our culture. Otherwise, you go so away. How does that work then when? So, like, let's just take, for instance, the fact that this is a family, right? She has a child that goes to the school. She was an alumni of the school and she has a mother who works there. So. I would say the whole thing is trash because like I said, when something happened with my daughter and she felt like it was okay to minimize it, I would say then that that means it negatively influenced our, I mean, I guess there's the other aspect, which we're just doing a shit job in general in the church when it comes to, you know, sexual sins in general, but um, either way. So, so then it's like, where, where do you draw the line? Because, yeah, like I said, so like I would say the mom should probably really have nothing to do with matters like that if she's already has a mindset that that's like I. Well, with matters like your your kids' whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in my in in my opinion, again, I don't think any other parent should have anything to do with your kid. It's your kid. Get the hell away from my kid. Don't but influence if she's my a, kid. But if she's in leadership, so she works front desk. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. That I don't agree with at all. I'm sorry, I should have clarified that. Yeah, totally out. It, it might, for me, for me, and this one's tough, if, if I'm being honest. Yeah. This, this one's tough. Is that, is like the whole thing that's happening right now, too, that we're, we're uh, outwardly and openly homosexual uh, individuals are, are in positions of, of being a pastor. Uh, it's, yeah. t- it's tough because of this, though. Let's be real. I, I function as a pastor. I was a vocational pastor while I was a pastor and what I'm doing right now, which is the same, I mean, same thing. Am I without sin? Hell no. Come on. Right. But, but I, but I genuinely beat the hell out of myself and I, and I, I be being better, being without flaw, being without sin and, and consistently trying to dial in the things that I know I'm not that, that I know that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing is is literally what occupies my brain more than anything else in my life. But it's still me. I'm never going to not ever sin. But it's the to me it's the habitual sin. So if if I have a sin like using porn as an example again because that was real for me mm-hmm. at a time. There was a time where I I watched porn pretty consistently. Uh if I'm doing that and that was while I wasn't doing YouTube. So I I it was a part of actually why I stopped doing YouTube, not the whole reason, but it was a part of it because other things were slipping too. Okay. I stopped doing, you know, internet pastoral ministry because I started losing myself and I was becoming, right. I was becoming someone else. And that's not a position of, le- like I should not be in a position of leadership. And I feel like I made some yeah. videos kind of talking about it too, that that that's wrong. In my opinion, I should not be no, leading I- people if I don't have a grip on my own shit. So the same, I think goes for others, but there's that weird line of like, I'll never be without sin, but like, is, is the majority of my effort in life going into that? Or am I just accepting the sin? And that's how I see the homosexual leadership thing is like, that's accepting the sin. You're like, I have this thing that my religion says is sin. I'm a pastor. 
but I'm going to accept it and just continue leading people. The problem with that is then whoever follows you is also going to accept that. That's the line for me personally, is that is that I don't accept my sin. I'm down to talk about it. I'll be totally transparent about it, but I will never just be okay with it. I'll consistently beat the hell out of myself trying to fix it, which is a part well, of why I came back. No, yeah, and and I get it because um, I think you and I kind of know some of each other's backgrounds. So, like, yeah. I know when I was involved in ministry and even – you know, going to Christian university when you're in that line of ministry, I don't know about you, but we had to sign contracts. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. that we weren't going to do drugs. We weren't going to have premarital sex um, and all these different things. So um, yeah, it's something actually. And even when I was at that church, cause I was also a Sunday school teacher, certain positions of leadership, it was like a mandate. Like I remember I would even get in trouble if I said a swear word, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's yeah, a, that, you're that the example. I, you're the example. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to at least be like showing that we. I don't accept any of these behaviors, and I'll, I'll continue to always work on them. And you know, it's it's not something I'm okay with. the The whole like it would be, to me, it would be the same. And and I use it for the same reason why I accept homosexuals being in the church is that I would also accept somebody who commit adultery in the church. I would also accept right. somebody who did this in the church because I am someone who's done things and wants to be in the church. The The differentiation is like, I don't accept the adulterer's behavior. And if he's going to be in the church as a leader, you sure as hell can't keep doing that. You need to repent from that. You need to come around from that. You need to be honest and transparent about that. And you need to not do it anymore. The, the issue, the hard thing about it with like the LGBTQ and, and homosexual thing is like, we're instead we're telling them it's okay and we're changing christianity to fit the narrative rather than saying hey we want you here but you know we don't believe that is god's plan and so if you're going to be in leadership we want you there but you can't believe that that's god's plan because our entire religion functions off of these values and we can't just accept you spitting in the face of the value there's a difference in leadership yeah. And you know what? I think to some degree, I, I, I might change my mind because they're, they, they do actually have some women that go around scouting, you know, to try to recruit, um, to be in, you know, whatever type of work, whether you're doing videos or dancing or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, and so then it comes into, well, who's a wolf in sheep's clothing versus who's actually trying to be ministered to. And I think that's kind of a hard, fine line because yeah. some degree I felt like, and I could be wrong. It could be my perception. Maybe I didn't discern it properly, but I almost felt like there was like this smug look like, ha, huh, you know, I'm close with this person and that person. I'm an alumni. You can't touch me. doesn't matter what I wear. Like, ha. Huh. You know, yeah. Um, which I would say that's an issue. You know, like yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. This it's it's very hard when you get into some of this stuff. The the line is it's tough to draw a a very fine definitive line. It seems mm -hmm. like it, it kind of wavers one direction or the other. Like uh, the mocha the floof brought one a good one up you see her as disrespectful 
about the girl in the church, I assume. And others can see mm -hmm. tattoos as disrespectful. Other short skirts and on and on. Where where is the line? And I, I get I get what she's saying. I mean, my, my view with that is that. If if a woman is dressed, if a man or a woman is dressed provocatively, because I don't want to start shit, a man or a woman is dressed right. provocatively inside of a church with children in it. My say I have a son. I don't want him mm -hmm. seeing that because I don't want my son getting sexual thoughts. And then we get into the right. whole like, well, then women have to dress based on men's inability to to control themselves. Well, no, I'm talking about a five year old child is the difference. I do believe that like grown ass men. Don't be don't right. be don't be a B.I.T.C.H. Like, yeah, you should have self-control. I, I call it eye bouncing. If you see a woman who is dressed provocatively, in your opinion, and you're getting sexual thoughts, it is your responsibility to not be a little bitch and to look away from her. Right. That's, you're an adult. But for like a five-year-old or a six-year-old or a 10-year-old who's just just starting to push into puberty, I think adults like you should be conscious of that and not not put children at risk of being like of having that part of their brain activated. Whereas I don't see how that would relate to tattoos. But I, but I, I get I get that that's hard because I'm sure there are people out there who look at me and are disgusted. And I think they're becoming, you know, few and far between nowadays. Every right, woman right. and daughter has a tattoo now. But, yes. but, but I mean, I still randomly get looks from certain people. So especially people of certain religions and, and um, demographics, Cultures, they look at me yeah. and yeah, maybe they're totally offended. Fine. But yep. I'm not I'm not kickstarting the sexual drive of a 10 year old. So I think there's but again, it's super hard line to draw. And I, I totally get it's where, a hard where line she's coming from. And, and I think the thing is, too, that people forget is we're not just talking a Playboy bunny coming in, trying to look for Jesus. We're talking about someone who was born and raised in the church, yeah, an true. alumni of a Christian school who's more than aware you know what i mean yeah so that's a whole different ballpark than agreed like oh you know she, like no no this bitch knows what she's doing yeah no i i agree and it, i think that's what it comes down to is is more than anything it's it's what it's adiaphora it's it's what paul talks about and paul pushed a lot is that there there are certainly many many things that are black and white and then there are many things within christianity that are much harder to draw a defining line on and and for a lot of them then it's like and you need to approach it circumstantially, which is then really, really hard because then it becomes yeah. more subjective and less objective. It becomes more on our interpretation of how it connects to scripture and morals and values and less of, well, God said, don't do that. So don't do that. But it's really hard. Like I get mo yeah. the, mo the floof. The question was very, very good. I, I get where she's coming from and I, I, I get it. I think there's a difference, yeah. but I get it. I understand. And in your situation I too, I agree. Yeah, and I will say, however, this is just my opinion. I do think men need to take a back seat when it comes to that. Like, this is something where I think the women, you know, the elders of the church need to address when it comes to modesty, when it comes to, you know, like I said, the whole Playboy bunny or whatever sexual har harassment, because I do think it's kind of a line that's crossed when men kind of, um, yeah. unless you're unless you're a man talking to your daughter. You know, what do you what do you mean? I, you said men need to take a back seat, but the elders get to decide. No, no, no. Like female leadership are the ones that should be addressing female female uh, like pastoral leaderships are the ones who should be addressing the issues with women directly when it comes to modesty. I don't think men should, you know, approach a woman and say, "Hey, you shouldn't be wearing this," or you should, 
you know, maybe, you know, like I said, those conversations, I don't think. Yeah, I just don't think men should really be involved in too much. I think today I agree with it. Today I agree with that. I think like big picture, I I think it's hard. What if you have a church where there's no female elders? Does do we just ignore it? No, but then that's when, you know, the pastor's wife comes around or blah, blah, blah. There's always someone, but. Yeah, um, I think it'll be received 100% of the time better from a woman. I, I definitely right. would agree with that. Yeah. And I, I think the no. more culture becomes like it is, I think I agree with it now. Yeah. I, now, the, the, how to the, address. Go ahead. The, no, I was going to say, but how to address like LGBTQ matters and drags. I, I don't even know. Um, yeah, how that can really be approached that's kind of a bit of a pickle that's so hard. yeah it's hard it's it's hard and i think it's it's sadly because christianity is so divided i think it's in most cases going to come down to the specific denomination what they decide like methodists are 100 percent in they're the ones having the drag shows in the church so i mean there's no line you can do whatever the hell yeah. you want and they have i mean they're they're if you can look online for like job postings they're specifically seeking out LGBTQ leadership. So, I mean, they've completely right. committed to it, which is, you know, I mean, that's that's their call. But Scott kind of asked your what you're asking. Let me find it. He asked. The, oh, yes. Oh, sorry. The question. No, no, you didn't do anything wrong. Oh, I put it in the poll. Uh, well, Scott said, I think we all No, Shoot, that's not it. Well, what can we do about it? Seriously, what do we believe our call to action is specifically? And I think this is kind of the question and maybe where we should end for tonight. And remember, we're going to do this again. We're going to do this again. So quick reminder in Discord, come to streams and lives. If you go to Theist Thesis, which is what we call Thursday night, just we're going to I'm going to make uh, I'm going to keep the same link, actually. So I'll put next Thursday's date in here too. Anything else, questions, comments, anything that wasn't discussed tonight or you want to go more into it, um, put it all in here. And then next Thursday, we're going to do this exact same topic. But Scott said, now I lost it again. I want to read it verbatim. What can we do about it, this issue? Seriously, what do we believe is our call to action specifically? And then I posted the poll. Is this issue of culture infecting the church something we can fix? It's a very sad answer. Uh, 44% of you said yes, which I mean is good. It's the majority. 22% said no, and 20 or 30, 33% said maybe. But to me, that's super depressing. 33% of you right now are unsure as to whether we can even fix this or not. And I don't necessarily, Rodriguez, what do you think? What's your vote on that since you're here? If you're I was still going to post a Bible verse uh, about it. Um, Which one? Okay, so what's the, uh, it's in Titus 2, um, verse 3. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. Um, Titus, Titus 2, 3. Yeah, sorry. I always tell you when to start, but not when to stop. Um, not, uh, teachers of good things that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, 
homemakers, good obedience to their own husbands, that they that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Mm. Um, so that, that's why I say it should be like female in leadership, kind of leading and guiding. I would probably pull it from that. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But I, I guess I guess what I would say is like, and I mean, I think you and I both know that on some of these things, we kind of split ways. But I think my my traditional view is that like men should should be doing men should be doing what they should be doing. And in doing so, they shouldn't have to. Does that make sense? I don't know because I, I don't think men should be the ones to go call women out for modesty. I don't. I agree with you on that. But I think I think it's a, a failure in chain of command, but I, I hate that term because it kind of like puts authority to it. And I don't I don't believe mm-hmm. in the authority aspect to it at all. I, I believe it is a partnership. But I, I think if men were actually doing and I think this this extends into like any kind of romantic relationship uh, into society to a degree, but definitely less of one than a romantic relationship. But if men are doing what they're supposed to be doing, then women, I believe, will 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 respond to that in kind, and then men will never have to, or men will never feel like that is a better way to say it. They should never feel like they have to go talk to a woman about modesty because the women in leadership will already have that shit on lock. Does that make more sense? I think the problem you know, is a lot of women are not, and they're promoting okay, so, it. So here's the weird thing. Um, I actually don't know that I have an opinion on it only because I've never been like that Uh, so I don't know what the mindset behind someone is who is okay with dressing like that I'm not aware of you know what I mean yeah 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 fair I mean I guess I'd say like for like a weird example that's not reality at all if if mm-hmm. I I'm I'm the man in my house, Kat's the woman in this house, and right. we, we right. and I have a daughter uh, that's you know seven years old. If if my daughter was fifteen and she was dressing provocatively, I would expect Kat to handle that. But if she doesn't handle that, I sure as hell will. But honestly, I would talk to Kat about it first. Like, hey, what what is the deal? Why has this not been dealt with? Why why have you not talked to her? Why is she still dressing like this, et cetera, et cetera? And then if she continues to fail at her responsibility, in my opinion, then I would side skirt her and I deal with it myself. And I, I think I do believe it. And I'd I'd, I'd want to think about this more because this is very specific. But I think that I yeah. would extend that outside of the outside of the home as well. Where like if you have a church setting and say I'm the pastor of this church and I have some men in leadership and some women in leadership. And there's a group of teenage girls who are dressing provocatively in like in service, which would be deemed as inappropriate. I would hope that I would never have to say anything about it because I would hope that the women in leadership would immediately be on that shit and be like, no, that's not OK. It's inappropriate. It's disrespectful, uh-huh. both to themselves, the the girls themselves, but also to everybody else in the church. I would, I, I guess th- that make more sense. Does that make more sense? Like I, I, think, I, I should never yeah. have to deal with it. Yeah, the the problem is, I mean, a lot of it is, like, I actually consider myself to be pretty conservative when it comes to these things and modest, but I do remember there was a time, like, when when I was helping out in youth ministry, and I remember some parents asked me to talk to their daughter about how she dresses, and we're talking, I think these people were more like, oof, 
let's just say I think modesty for them would be like um, Mormon attire. Okay. Yeah, sure. So I don't, I, I don't agree with that. And like I stated before, we live in Vegas. It's 120 motherfucking degrees over here. Okay. So if they want me to talk to their already very modest daughter, very sweet girl, not like that at all about wearing spaghetti straps. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. And I remember, you know, I remember us talking about that actually months and months ago uh, when, when we did the modesty just, thing. Yeah. You know, and it's not like this girl and I, under, it sucks when you're built a certain way and blah, blah, blah. And this girl wasn't like that, you know, but still I, I, I disagree. There was another time where I was wearing um, like board shorts at a Baptist church. So what is that like down to my knees? And I got talked to. Yeah, they're you not know, about that. Not being, yeah, you know, and no. they're they're like, unless a woman is covered from her neck to her ankles, and I, you know, but fuck you, bro. There's that's nowhere in scripture, <laughs> you know. Like, no. Yeah. It's, no. No. Yeah. So, you know, like some stuff is just way too extreme. Like, <laughs> we we all have our we all have our own rules. Now, what that what that looks like? I mean, like I remember, and I use this to this day because I grew up in a private Christian school. We had to stand with like our back straight and our hands to our side almost militantly. And the rule was the skirt could not go. Or the school the skirt had to be at or below the fingertips. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I still do that to this day. You know? Um, and then like, you know, when you get dressed as a woman, you look in the mirror, okay, let me bend over here, here, that angle. Am I good? Okay, I'm good. Then I can go out the door, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I remember I was in Catholic school, yeah. So yeah i just uh yeah, i mean they're, I, all, they're all good points they're all good points um and i i actually like i really want to talk about this but i'm going to refrain because it's it's late and i i want to dedicate a whole thing yeah, to yeah, this. Yeah. but i i like I'm, I'm into it right now so i wish i wish we could talk about it but what we'll, we'll, so we'll come back to that so next week next week next week let me get back on track um next week we're going to do this topic again culture invading the church We'll do a round two. Ghost will be here. Uh, we'll get further into some stuff. Like I said, I have another video that's a bit more disturbing that I, I want us to kind of watch. And then some other, it'll be more of a discussion. So so for next week, I would highly encourage you to come on voice in Discord if you're comfortable, because uh, it's just easier than typing. But I want next week to be much more of a discussion. So I am not going to have a big monologue. I'm not going to have a bunch of content to go through. I'm going to show a few things. I'm going to propose a few a few thoughts and ideas and comments and questions, but it's going to be primarily discussion. So just be be ready. And if you can be here and if you're comfortable coming on audio, I'd recommend coming on. I want that to one to be where where because Scott Scott said why I want to do this. He asked the question of what is the call to action? What, okay, we get everything is effed. Now what? It's like we can come on here and complain about it and bitch about it and moan about it and talk about how everything is completely screwed and culture is invading the church. And OK, now what? Then, then what do we do? And I think I think that's like the, that's the crux of it. That's what we need to actually talk about. So next week, that is going to be the focus, which is why I was super excited to see Scott ask the question. In short, in my opinion, I think you guys are already doing it. And I don't say that's like blow smoke up your butt. I mean, I think that Christians gathering together in any context, physically, through the internet, whatever, I think Christians of like mind 
in in the ways that are essential, which is is a beautiful thing about this group. Ghost and Rodriguez disagree on all sorts of stuff. For for whatever Every, reason, they're on a everything. roll right now, though. They're on a roll right now, though. I saw you guys had like four in a row or something of agreement. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like there's a there's a, a streak that is happening. But and then Rodriguez and I, we've known each other for years uh, and, and we agree on a lot and we disagree dramatically on a lot. And it, it affects nothing about the way we interact with each other. It affects nothing about the way we do ministry together. It affects nothing about how we do church together which I think is it is my literal favorite thing about this Amazing. and about this group is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because we all agree on the fundamental tenets of, of who God is, what God's expectations are for the most part. But we agree entirely, I believe, on, on everything that is essential about being in the realm of Christianity, of being someone who, who aspires and espouses to follow Christ. As, as a deity, as a figure, and as an example of what God wants people to be. We, and we, we can disagree on literally everything else, and it doesn't matter. And it's, it's the most beautiful thing about what you guys are doing with this. I just show up. You guys create the culture. I do not. I just sit here and talk. What you guys do in Discord and what you guys talk back and forth in the chat and whatnot, and then on social media, I see everybody talking too. It's like, that is the culture, and that is created by you guys and you guys alone. I have very little to do with it at all. I just kind of moderate. But that, um, I have a yeah, go go go. Um, only because I do remember the discussion that we did have months ago. That kind of was in this. I don't know who's still here and who isn't. Is like Mystic still here? And I know Cat doesn't come um, on very much, but I she's, would like she's to hear listening. From her. Yeah, she'll okay. cat cat'll be here for the for okay, cat'll cat be here next week and then she'll be here for modesty. Um Mystic okay. has been more spotty. I see her here and okay. there, but yeah, not not too much. Got it. But yeah, I I remember intently. It was it was a good conversation, honestly. It was it was good. It yeah. was a, it got a little bit hot, it got a little bit heavy, but there was like respect the whole way. Nobody lost their mind, nobody yeah. was like rude to anybody, and it was a very right. respectful disagreement. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Yeah. But if nothing yeah. else, like it's a, it's the best example ever of how we can we can talk about this stuff and we can disagree entirely by the end of it. And then we can come back the next day and do Bible study. And it's like nothing happened. There might be, you know, a little bit of hurt feelings here and there or whatever. Like we're human. That's going to happen. But there's no uh, there's no disrespect. No, and for sure. I love all you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it was a it was a beautiful thing to like be a part of. And I think now, you know, there's a lot of new personalities. I think I think it'll be really cool. So that, Wait, that's I got, go ahead. Can I say something though really, yeah, really quick? Yeah, um, okay. After that um conversation we had on modesty, I remember I had a doctor's appointment, have them all the time, right? And I was in so much pain at my doctor's appointment. And my doctor was like, hey, like, are you okay? And like, do you know why you're not feeling good? I was like, well, because I wore jeans, which I don't normally wear. And I was like, well, normally I wear leggings or yoga pants because it, you know, helps with not having pressure on my pelvis because some of you know I have health issues. And then the doctor like looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, so I'm trying to be modest because I guess it could be an issue. <laughs> and then the doctor was like, Vanessa, like, who cares? You're not even like that. And I'm like, you're right. I'm in a doctor's office. No one checks me out of the doctor's office. You know, and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go back to my leggings because I'm not like that anyway. That's so funny. 
happened. Yeah. That's so funny. Thank you for saying that. That's yeah. so freaking funny. Yeah. Ah. Oh my god. That's great. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So that's the plan. Next Thursday, we'll do this topic again. So anything you guys find in the meantime, bring to the the Theist thesis forum and then the where to go? Church was invaded by culture. And just drop anything in there. Questions, comments, anything that you feel like wasn't covered or you have more questions about or you wish we talked about more, whatever. That's your space to be like, hey, I want this to be brought up, please. And then we will bring it up. So put that stuff in there. Uh, and then Ghost put some stuff in there that we'll we'll do next week because then he'll be here. I skipped it for that reason. Uh, real then, real. I mean, we're done. So I'm gonna read through the chat real quick because uh, Rodriguez and I were going back and forth. So I, I don't read while I'm talking to somebody because it's rude and I want to listen and hear what they're saying. So I'm gonna look through these. If you're good for the night, though, go ahead. It's eight o'clock. We did two hours. Uh, I love you guys. Anybody who decides to leave, King, it's good to see you. I don't know where you came from. But uh, I'm glad you're here. And if you're not in Discord, I'd highly recommend getting in the Discord. Then you know everything that's happening. Reminder again, Saturday night, we're doing news and culture. So anything news and culture wise you have, you see a CNN article, you see a, a YouTube video from Fox News or something, whatever. If it's interesting, if it, if it relates to something that you think, well, I want to talk about, come to news and culture, find the date which is the it's one six is this Saturday. And you can see that things have already kind of been dropped in here. So just put things in there, then they'll be covered during the live. And then Sunday, we're going to do Bible study like normal. We're in second Thessalonians and we'll just continue on there. But uh, but Scott's question is going to be the thesis of next week, the entire thesis. What can we do about it now that we most of us are aware and believe that culture is invading you know, Christianity in general, not just the physical church, but the church by definition, which is ecclesia in the Greek, which just means a bunch of people together for a specific purpose. And our purpose is God. So how the church is invading, how, I'm sorry, how the culture is invading the church, invading the people of, of Christ, how that's happening, what can we do about it? We've complained about it for two hours. Next week will be, well, what are we going to do about it? What can we do about it? But my short answer was what I just went on a quick rant about. And I think you guys are already doing it. Meeting like this, having hard conversations where there's disagreement and still keeping community, still keeping what is at what actually matters. Our, our slight disagreements on, on whether leggings in public are okay doesn't really matter. It can affect people, no doubt. Positive and negative, the woman and the guy, whatever. Totally see that, agree, recognize. But it doesn't really matter when 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 demons are running the earth. It doesn't really matter that much when you look at the greater context of reality, which is that our entire world, it just becomes more and more demonic. Whether Rodriguez is wearing jeans or leggings in that context of demons running the entire world, it kind of doesn't matter. So what, Amen. what is happening here matters. And the way you guys choose to interact with each other, even when there is disagreement, that matters. I can tell you, I've worked in churches as a pastor, very large churches and then smaller churches. If I ever heard conversations similar to the type that we have here, people would leave the church. And we've had some of that in all transparency. People have left. 
very few, very few, like less than 2% have left and then not come back. It's a, it's a, that's a huge testament to the culture that you guys have created, not me. Those of you who are in there like all the time in the Discord, talking, 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 arguing, 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 and, and, and growing, like it's you guys. Continue to do that. Because that that's the short, that's the short, but kind of long because I rant. That's the short answer to the question. Is that so that it, what next week will be is okay, what do, what do we do big picture? Because there's 155 of us in Discord. It's not a lot of people. That's not a lot of influence. There's 15 people watching the stream or something, 16 people watching right now. That's not a lot of influence. So how how society at large, how does a culture change? That'll be next week. That's what we're going to talk about. I got to get off. I need to put the kid to bed. I love you guys. I am going to quickly read through some of the comments that I wasn't able to see. So, you know, you can stay if you want, but it's going to be kind of quiet because I'm going to read. But just know I love you and I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing and that you come and that we can have the conversations and that there's always respect and that anytime I get in discord, there's a lot of disagreement, but there's never disrespect. And that like that's extremely motivating when I see that. And it just makes me want to keep going and going and going and going and going. So we're going to keep doing it. I love you guys wildly, wildly, but you're good to bail. Uh, unless, you know, you have a comment that you really wanted me to see. Uh, King said, my opinion is that yes, we are through to dress modestly, I assume. So yes, that's what is a sin. To not be modest is a sin, I think is what's being said. But let's look at who God chose and protected. He defended the prostitute, died for the rest, which means God. Welcome. God welcomes them, them despite their sin. I, I get what you're saying. So, yes. And we, we've touched on that a week or two ago. That, yeah, he Jesus was down for the prostitutes. He was not down for the behavior. He was not down for the action. He was not down for the sin. He was down for the individual and he was, he was, he was good to, to support them, but he did always confront them and that, and I'm not saying like that was Jesus. So he can do that in any scenario at all. Jesus can do that. So he would confront and then he would correct, but there can be love there. And that's what he did. Jesus with love confronted, comforted, but then he corrected and the, the correction is what, in my opinion, progressive Christianity completely ignores. And I actually showed you proof of that the other week when we did Who is Jesus, where I showed you a progressive article written about who Jesus is, his character. And he told that story that whoever wrote the article told the story of how Jesus came and with the woman at the well. And they intentionally left off the last part where Jesus said, OK, now don't do that again. They showed everything about Jesus accepting, loving, comforting, and they left out the rest of it. So I had to pull it up in a different tab and show you that it said, okay, now go forth and sin no more. Okay, so now don't do that. That's the part that progressive Christianity ignores. They refuse to talk about. Jesus was loving. He was comforting. He was down to be there for the individual. He, he was full of love, but he was also always correcting. Always. And they'll leave that part out. If the church approaches me before a man does, I'm embarrassed and bitter that I wasn't told. 
I get that. And I, I think the whole, I think the, that whole topic should be talked about when we do modesty. We'll do this again next week. And then maybe we'll jump right into modesty the, in two weeks. But because that's, I think that's a really interesting topic. What Rodriguez brought up about a woman being corrected by a man in church, or I guess in any context about modesty. I think it's really interesting. And I think it can go, it can go different ways. Uh, King said, because it's harder to do that later in life, like I was shielded from seeing a woman's body. Later on, I had to struggle with porn. Yeah, but the reality, King, in my opinion, in my in my experience, I was not shielded from women's bodies. I grew up watching The Sopranos. If you don't know what that is, it's an older show. It's full of sex, full of sex, drugs, language. I was I grew up watching that show, like from a very young age, like younger than my kid. I grew up in that and I still developed a problem with porn. So I think it can go either way. I, I think the reality is most men develop a problem with porn in culture today because of culture, because it's pushed. It's just so normalized. I, I'd say, well, I don't remember what the statistic is, but it's something like wild, like 70 or 80% of men consistently watch porn, like on a semi or, or regular basis. And you'd be shocked at the, the statistics for women as well. It's it's way above 50%. Uh, Germ says, by the way, make sure you guys like and sub. Doing my job because I don't ever do it. I appreciate you. Yeah, guys, remember too, if, if you end up sitting here for whatever reason until the stream goes off, if you can just refresh the page and then leave a comment, throw an emoji in there, say Christ is Lord, I don't care. Just put something in there because it helps the algorithm. But thanks, Graves, because I, I don't ever ask you guys to do any of the YouTube stuff. Please do all the YouTube stuff that helps us get people like King in here and some of the other people that, you know, I haven't seen before. Nat said, I'm a newbie and y'all aren't afraid to tell me if I'm wrong. I love it. Yeah, that's how it's got to be, man. That's how it's got to be. The floof. That's right, King. Like I said about the church I used to go to. What did King say? Oh, King said, women do. Women do do it, but they choose to be a judgmental and gossip about the new girl. That's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, King said, I wouldn't say it's effed. I would say it's challenging. Yet we see God literally make reality. I'm sure God can use us to rewire the narrative. I think that's well said. I agree. I lurk Rodriguez in the shadows. Yeah, you kind of do. Lilith, thank you, Joe. That was a great topic. It raises a lot of questions in depth. Yeah, I think it'll be really good to get into it deeper next week. A marathon of sorts. All right. Like, yeah. Yeah. A marathon. Without a doubt. Lilith, love you. King, exactly. Yeah. Also, sorry. I have dyslexia. No, don't worry about it, dude. It's it's also my eyes. So it's 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 you have dyslexia. I also can't see. So we're we're a match made in heaven for reading comments live. So I apologize also. I need to wear my glasses. Ruth said it usually takes the church 20 years to catch up to the world said an 80-year-old lady from my church. Now, I think it's about three years is what it seems to be from my estimation. It takes about three years to adopt culture in a modern church. There was a message before that one. Did I miss one? I read that. I think I got all yours, King. If I missed one, send you can send something again or, or copy and paste it. I think I read all of them. Oh, because it's harder... Yeah, no, I, I think I read all yours, man. If I miss one, I'm very sorry. I'm looking at them, though. I think I hit them all. Yeah, I think so. 
Porn is addictive. Porn is wildly addictive. Insanely addictive. At some point, we'll do a Thursday on porn. It's it's on the list already. Is how porn is ruining society and how porn is ruining marriage and how porn is ruining sex in general because it is. It's actually a topic that I've researched heavily because I've had an issue with it in the past. When I was younger, I had a massive issue with it. And even when I got older, I had I had a bit of an issue with it. It's dude, it's that stuff's tough for for women and for men. Porn is incredibly corrosive to 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 you as an individual and society to society as a whole. Porn is corrosive. It's destructive. Porn, honestly, in my opinion, is probably the greatest thing that that demonic energy has ever concocted. Porn has probably damaged more in society and in the individual than anything else throughout all of history. I'd have to think about that more, but like on a whim, I, I think I believe that. Nat said, I think more people need to talk it through. It's so taboo. And then they don't get help. Yeah. Yeah, that's the sad thing. Like, I have zero shame in talking about porn. None. None at all. It is what it is. And the reality is, if you have 10 people in a room, eight of them consistently watch porn. That is the reality of the statistics that were taken anonymously from a dozen different uh, research groups. That's reality. So if that's reality, we should just talk about it. We should just talk about it. King said, I also think that kids are going to see it regardless. I think showing your kid how to deal with it is better than shielding them because it's harder to do that later in life. Like I was shielding. Yeah. And I, that's the, then that's the line, dude. That's the hard thing from seeing a woman's body later on. I had to struggle with porn. That's the hard thing is, is you could potentially mitigate the damage by being open and honest and, and educating your kids, but it could also bite you in the ass. There's just no way to know. There's no way to know. That's why that's so hard. And I think you could do that in a way that they're like, they can better deal with it. Like you said, they can better cope with it. They understand it. They, um, and therefore they don't fall into the addiction of it. But even then, they could fall into the addiction of it. That's what addiction is. It doesn't matter who you are. Addiction isn't. Addiction does not care if you were properly educated, or if you come from, uh, you know, a good family or a bad family or a wealthy family or a poor family. Addiction does not discriminate. Addiction will get anybody. So I think it's very, very hard. But I, I don't disagree with that. I think it's just very hard to decide which one you want to go with. Porn, not pork. You said porn. I think that's what you said, Ruth. Unless I read it anyway, so I think we're good. The age range and level of maturity matters as much as having good parents. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah, that I think that's the primary point, too, with what King said, is, is what age is that? And, and even more than age, though, who is the kid? I think age is more irrelevant than we put a lot of we put a lot of weight on age when I don't think that we should to a degree, of course. But but I, I think with talking to your kids about something like porn, I think age should be the first check. But past that, it's like, who is my kid? How mature are they? How do they deal with it? Um, what it, just what is their maturity level and how they're going to be able to cope with the conversation, how they're going to be able to understand what you're trying to tell them? 
Oh, I got you, Ruth. Understood. Understood. Yeah, I don't watch porn with them. Oh, God, no, of course not. But like if there's a feeling I have, tell them what it is and what to do about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anybody should ever put porn on like with their kids. I, I I would maybe go so far as to say like that's almost criminal. You're like borderline, if not past the border criminal. Yeah, don't ever do that. Nobody, <laughs> please, nobody ever do that. But, but yeah, like you can talk to them about it, like what they see on it, uh, what feelings they might get with it, what is immoral or degenerate and what is more what is more realistic and, and more loving because i mean that does exist like that does exist it's not all completely degenerate the majority of it is the stuff you see on like the home page and the stuff they push at you absolutely is but there there's there's less degenerate porn like it exists it's a real thing and yeah, I agree. It's abuse. We should talk about this in depth on Thursday. I'll come on with you done. And with that, guys, I got to roll. This is probably like one of, if not the longest one we've ever done. I'd love a Joe and Cat stream. I'll try to get Nick to join voice chat too. So I'm sure we all have a lot of similar experiences. Yeah, that'd be great. I keep trying to bug Cat to come on here. So pressure, pressure, pressure. All right, y'all. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. Got to put kid to bed. I love you all. Seriously, this was very, very good. Great conversation. Next week, we'll do the exact same thing. So any of this we didn't cover, or you're like, I want I want more of this specific topic, what, whatever. Put it in the Theist Thesis section of the streams and lives on Discord. Drop it in. Even if it's just a note, drop it in. And then I'll read through them next week, and we'll get it rolling. King, it was good to have you, man. I hope you get in Discord, and I hope we see you next week. I love you.